some things and some habits and things in our lifestyle that we kind of accidentally did. And then later we found out, oh, wow, the Bible says to do that. And this whole thing is, tells us to do that. And so now we can turn around and we can do it on purpose. And it has even more meaning in our life than what it, when, what it had. And, um, and that's kind of what has happened in our life with a lot of worship. And so I just wanted to explain. And, and you know, our, our worship, the Bible talks about it as it being, you know, and our sacrifice as being a fragrant aroma to God. So, you know, as whatever comes out of our, our hearts is fragrant. Now, sometimes it's not fragrant. You know, it's old, you know, or we just kind of do it, you know, because we're here and everyone else is doing it and I'll look silly if I don't, you know, kind of thing. So, but we want to talk about the fragrant, fresh potpourri, okay, of worship. Yeah, thank you. Okay. So, <laughs> we're going to tag team here. Um, just thinking, I'm, you know, you just think about this whole worship and just the importance of it and how music is so important in our culture today. It's important in almost every culture, wherever you go on earth, where you go to different nations, you see the different things that they have, right? They're different music and styles. Same with the kingdom of God. Worship and the music in worship is an important part of the presence of God. And, um, and learning how to, to worship. You know, we don't just worship with our mouth and just kind of, okay, we're going to sing a song, you know, and we just, something that's familiar, you know. A lot of us have grown up in church and some in more traditional churches where we start off with a hymnal and, okay, stand up and sing song on page 339, you know, and we all stand and sing, you know, and sit down, and, you know, and any type of music, any time we come in together. But I think the, the background for that is because God creates the creator of, of, of music and he's a creator of worship and he has incorporated that into our, our lives and our say christianity or christendom or christian <laughs> our walk with god his kingdom so many ways you could say it and and that music is an expressive part of our soul and a lot of times sometimes that gets kind of corrupted we all just go in the music and what do we do or the car and what do we do we turn the music on you know we go someplace and we like the, you know we get the music going it's an expressive part of our soul of our innermost being that we can express ourselves and we can give it to god and in fact, it's a place where we feel extremely vulnerable because if anyone else sees us do it, I'm going to look funny, I'm going to sound goofy, and it's not going to seem natural. Thus, worship supernatural, right? So um, when I think of worship and I just think of the pouring out of our hearts before God, you know, just getting real with him. And that's something that he has us to, wants us to do every day. You know, it talks about let us take up the cross daily and follow him. And that's so many ways can be explained in, in different faucets, aspects, rivers, different ways, I guess. But one way is worship. When you are just totally surrendering yourself, your whole self, and you're giving it to God. Because as we go through the day <laughs> and we get so caught up in life and we get so caught up in the cares, the troubles, you know, the things that go on. Worship is a supernatural place where we can go 
and we can step out of that and go into God's presence. It says that God inhabits the praises of his people. I'll also say another translation says he's enthroned in his praises of his people. He dwells there. So if he inhabits that, and in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. And God's presence comes as we worship. It's like, how important do you think that is? Do you think God wants us to be in his presence only on Sundays? Or only when something really, really bad's going on and we get on our knees and cry out because now we're really desperate? I think it's a place that we can daily go to. And some of the things that had happened as we were growing kids and our older two, when they were little, and we have had, we call them praise and works, praise and worships, right? They used to call them, are we going to have praise and worships tonight? And so we kind of did that as a family. Because we really got to engage our hearts in the Lord, and and Siege and I do that together, and just kind of knits our hearts together, and changes the atmosphere of craziness when you have toddlers and children, and big kids, I guess too, teenagers. Um, and um, I was going through the house, you know, the you know the mundane routine. Okay, I got to put this laundry away again. I've got to go through the drawers again, and so I have a basket full of clothes, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to do this, and I grab the basket, and I'm like, I'm just Let's just do this. Not in a good mood. I'm just, you know, I mean, don't pretend like you're never in a bad mood. You know what I'm talking about. So pick it up, and you're just kind of walking through the house, you know, like, okay, let's do this. And as I come around the corner, Trey and Brian are in the room, and Brian's playing the drums. Really funny. And, um, and Trey's singing his little heart out to, to the Lord. They're having a praise and worship time. And I come around the corner, and I, and I get close to the room, and all of a sudden it's like, bam, right into this not a real wall, but a spiritual wall. And I'm hearing the praises coming out of these little guys' mouth. And something in me changes just like that. It's like, whoa. And God just arrested me for just the attitude. And it was like, wow, okay. We can do this now. I can, I can put the clothes away. It's going to be okay. This is awesome. And maybe I'll even put in a little cassette to the music. But it's those simple little acts and those simple little things that you run into. And it's not like I didn't say, okay, we, gotta, we have to do this now. You guys worship here and so you can make mommy feel better. You know, it's just one of those things that accidentally happened and I ran into it. So things get crazy in the house and what do we do? We start playing praise and worships, right? <laughs> and uh, always have encouraged me with that. Yes, yeah. yeah, she's talking about the atmosphere changing and how she discovered it or kind of stumbled across it accidentally. And as we begin to realize that, that when the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people, so if he shows up, then the atmosphere is going to change, wouldn't you think? And so a lot of times we've noticed that um, that when the atmosphere in your family, when there's a lot of strife, tension, frustration, and when you have six boys, there's a lot of testosterone. Five level. boys. Five boys and a girl, excuse me. But there'd be a lot of times when there's just, you know, tension. Tension, yeah, including me, yeah. Yes, okay, then six boys. Thank you. I like you. But anyway, we, so we begin to catch on that, because I don't know about you, but I get tired of, or I'm not, I don't think it's cool that when you can enjoy God's presence on a Sunday morning, that's the only place you can enjoy it. Where you can enjoy God changing your life during a church event or a religious activity. 
but that's the only place. See, I don't think that's the way God intends. But what happens is, is we, we enjoy God. We allow ourselves to enjoy God in a certain environment. But then when we go to work or we go home or school or regular life, it's like we forget about that. And then we deal with and struggle with and work our way through daily life. And we forget that. Wait a minute. If God wants his presence to come and he says he inhabits the praises of his people, then if we're at home and we praise our king and his presence shows up, then something's going to change. And so we begin to do, especially if if tension and, and conflict and that kind of thing. We say, okay, guys, let's meet in the living room in five minutes. And so we'd meet in the living room and we would turn on a worship CD. And we just and I said, okay, we're going to just, and I could tell by the attitudes, you know, just sitting on the couch, how long is this going to be, you know, because they weren't too excited about it because they were in the middle of attitudes. If you can catch them outside of an attitude, it was okay, but when you catch them in the middle of attitude. Anyway, so we're sitting there and they're pouting and kind of sitting there kind of, I said, all right, we're going to do two songs. And so we'll start the first song, begin to worship, begin to worship, and then they play the second song and say, okay, we're done. And then someone said, hey, can we do one more? Say so which one? They pick a song, so then we do another song. Hey, can we do one more? And next thing you know, 30, 40, 45 minutes goes by. The whole atmosphere has changed. The attitudes have changed. And peace settles in the home. And so I want to encourage you to do that, to invite God's presence in the middle of the strife. But it's kind of crazy because I've noticed this too, because this is a, an act of warfare, and this is really real stuff because I would, I would tell Lisa, I'd say, hey, tonight when I get home, what I, you know, sometime this evening I want us to, to just have a family time of worship. And I declare we're going to have a family time of worship. All hell would break loose. I mean, just come. And by the time I get home, I don't care about doing praise and worship. I don't care about anybody. I just, you know, attitudes and fighting and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes we didn't do it because the attitudes overcame the desire to worship. So I began to do it stealth. I would think, you know what we're going to do tonight? We're going to do it. We're going to have a family time of praise and worship. But I wouldn't announce it to anybody. So the enemy wouldn't know because he doesn't read our thoughts. <laughs> and so we'd go home and then things would be going on. I'd say, hey, guys, let's meet in the living room. We're going to praise and worship God. And we'd have a wonderful time of praise and worship. So that's one thing I just want to encourage you in a practical way. You know, that's why we're making these CDs, DVDs available on YouTube. There's a lot of... of um, Praise and worship things where they have the, not only the music but the words written out so you can plaster that on your computer screen or your, or your TV monitor and just sing along uh, with these guys. You know, and I think it's easy because um, growing up I've always enjoyed music. And CJ has, you know, always kind of been in a band. You know, he played music. And so, you know, we're kind of music people, you know. I wouldn't dare sing in front of you guys because that would just be torturous. But I do enjoy it. And... Um, you know, one of the things, you know, so people who aren't like, well, I'm no music. I don't want to sing. I just, I don't want to do that stuff. I'm going I'm to meet God in my own way. You know how we think that? I'm going to go my own way and find God. Well, you know, a lot of people go their own way to find God, and it ends up <laughs> in not finding God um, or different gods. <laughs> um, but worship is one of the things in Scripture that brings in the presence of God. And um, just like, you know, what does that look like? You know, Lisa, what does that look like? Well, what do we do? We celebrate, you know, in worship. So it's a time of excitement, you know, like the first song that, that we sang today was just an awesome time of just celebrating God, you know, um, and getting in his presence and inviting the presence to come and celebrating. It's where we pour our hearts out to God, you know, and 
when things are going on or just a time of surrender. You know, Lord, I'd rather be to the dentist. But you know what? I'm going to praise you anyways. I don't like the dentist. Okay. I don't like, not like the people, but just the, okay, anyways, the, the drilling and stuff. Um, picking your teeth. You know, so it's like, but I am going to worship you because I surrender. I surrender my body. I surrender my thoughts. I surrender my attitude to you, Lord. It's yours. And I just think there's so many different areas that we actually do go and celebrate, that we do express our emotions, because we're not emotionless, and emotions aren't evil. Let me tell you, God created emotions, okay? And there's been so many, so many different people, teachings, that say emotions are evil. And if you have an emotion, that's just emotion. It can't be God. Well, that's wrong. God created emotions to express ourselves, to feel joy, to feel sorrow, you know, to, to feel things. And it's our, we put them in the right perspective. And as we come before in worship, when we yield those to the Lord, um, it's a very powerful thing. I'm going to ask them, they're going to do a YouTube video, YouTube video thing. And I just want to give you a warning, okay? We, CJ and I do not, um, what's that word? We do, we do not endorse, thank you, drinking of alcohol, okay? There's alcohol in here, so just... Do this if you need to, or your kid, or whatever. But um, we don't endorse it. But it, it just goes by to bring a point, the lengths that we go and worship.
While most college tailgates include a soundtrack of their own, the Iowa Tailgate Club mixes a different beat. The food sizzles, the music sounds. Still, there's no more important ingredient in the recipe of Iowa football than the Hawkeye fan. Now, I had the pastor's permission to show that. So if you're upset, just go to the pastor, okay? Uh-huh. Um, now, in that, it was like, um, you, what'd you see? What'd you see? How are they celebrating in that video? Just shout it out. It's okay. Party, music. What else? Drinking. Drinking. Well, okay, but we're not going to go there. Okay. Anyways, what else? Huh? Dancing. Crazy, okay. Stupidity. Stupidity, yep. Stupidity. What else? Exuberance. Singing. What? Yes, the spirit surely did move them, didn't they? <laughs> now I'm not against football, so if y'all are like, "Oh, Lisa," I'm not against football, okay. I'm just. If you just look at some of the things that we pour ourselves into, and I'm not saying you guys are there doing that, but. But, it, but a lot of us are involved in, you know, the game, the game day experience in a good way. Some of us don't like football, but there's other things that we're involved in and we get real excited about, okay? Um, some of us like, you know, like quilting, okay? And that's like, don't laugh. I really, I like quilting, okay? So, but, so when I think of a new pattern or something I'd like to do, it's like, oh, 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 when I have less children, I want to do that, okay? So, um, you know, so there's different things that we get excited about, isn't there? And there's ways that we show it. Okay, now, so that's game day. Okay, we just saw what game day looked like, you know, in a worldly sense. Okay, obviously, totally worldly. But what did they have to do? Well, did they ever, did they prepare beforehand, or did they just, most of them just show up? A lot of them planned it. They probably said, no, I'm busy Saturday. I'm going to be doing something. A few of them showed up and got involved, obviously. But they had to plan it, Right. Some of them probably helped put some things together, right? Um, they had to buy tickets. I'm sure they didn't just do that without planning on going to the game, <laughs> you know? So they probably bought tickets, correct? And so during their week, they put some time and, and emotion into it, you know, and, and into what, what they were wanting to celebrate. You know, and as we celebrate, we think about celebrating the Lord, you know, and during the week, we celebrate. We have our personal times where we're celebrating we're worshiping, we're giving, giving ourselves to God, and it's going to look foolish to the world, I'm going to tell you. That looks very foolish to the world. But we give ourselves and we, to that, and then when we come Sunday morning and we all give ourselves to the Lord, it's going to be awesome. It's, gonna, it's exciting, right? Now, I'm not saying out of order, okay? We're not going to go, ooh, let's do the hokey pokey, you know? <laughs> not like that. But we have a celebrating where we're inviting all of us together, are inviting the presence of God to come in. And he's dwelling. He's in there with us because the praises of God enthrones and dwells and habits. He lives in our praise and worships. Um, you know, and also you just think of um, the money that, that, they, that they use, that they spend. 
You know, for a ticket for a game, what is it, like close to 100 bucks? Over? Okay, unless you have a good deal. Or if you get season passes and it's like hundreds. So, the, you know, there's some um, money that goes into that. Do you think that they, they go to those games and they sit down, you know, on, the, on their little chair and they do this the whole time? And someone makes this awesome pass and they're just kind of zoned and they just sit there? You know, I really don't think so, okay? I've even been to games. <laughs> it's like, yes, go! Woo! You know, you're excited, right? You're excited about what's going on. And you're not, you're not afraid to show that, are you? You're not afraid of that voice to come out and go, yes, oh, that was so awesome! Yes! Or, you bonehead, what do you think you're doing? You know, of course, there's that aspect too, but we want to we celebrate, so this is a good thing. And so we pour ourselves into it. We pour, we give ourselves everything that we have. We, we prepare for game day. We prepare for that. You know, God is going to come, and he is going to pour himself out on us. Okay, scriptures, because there are some awesome scriptures. Um, one scripture that I kind of stumbled on to yesterday, and I'm going to read them so you can just write them down um, and then <laughs> rebuke me later. Lisa, that's not what it said. No, it really does. Right, Pastor Cedring? Okay. Okay, so Matthew 15, 8 and 9, it says, These people draw near me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me. And I, I ran into that, and I was like, Is that what I look like when I decide not to enter into worship? When I decide not to put my heart in it? I'm just doing lip service? Have you ever heard someone just come and say something to you, and you know they really didn't mean it? It was just kind of lip service. Yeah, oh, yeah, nice haircut. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You know, I mean, there's just, there's just something vain about things that they say, and you know that, that it's really not in their heart, you know? Or maybe you've been, or I have, <laughs> been caught in a situation where, oh, they're saying something, and they're excited about something, and your heart just isn't there. So you just say something, you know, to make them feel good or to... Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's good, you know. We do that, really, let's be honest, right? <laughs> and so, but, and, but that's what God wants. He's, and he wants us, and the other scripture is, you know, Mark 12:30. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, your mind, and your strength. And, you know, when I see that video, I think they put everything. Some of those people put everything out there, you know. And when I come before God in his presence... How much more does he want from me, you know? I mean, he just wants, he wants everything. He wants us just to pour out everything that we have. Do you have something? Okay, go ahead. You know, I was just thinking how we, um, it's like it's okay in society that the stuff we saw, you know, and and if you've been to an OSU tailgating party or OU tailgating party or, or football tailgate, you see some crazy stuff going on. You see a lot of money spent, see a lot of time when me and, uh, me and the boys were invited by Animal to work the games for Domino's, and we'd be at the game. We'd have to be there like three or four hours ahead of time. So you're there, and you'd be amazed at an OSU football game. How many people are there three, four, five hours before the game even starts? And all the festivities that's going on, it's like a big party, big carnival, money, kids playing, all that kind of stuff, all centered around a football game. And it's crazy. But it's okay in our society because that's, that's what we do. And yet when the Bible, when God invites his children to come and celebrate him, and if we think of 
why we're able to celebrate him. I mean, think of where you used to be before you knew the Lord. And think of where you were going to go before you knew the Lord. And when you didn't have hope and you were all messed up, and then all of a sudden Jesus came into your life and began to change you, and, and, and he's still changing us, but you see where you're at now compared to where you used to be, and you know where you get to go when you pass on from this life. And you think about those things, and then we're invited by the King of Kings to come and celebrate him and celebrate his goodness, and then we hold back. It's like there's something wrong with that picture. And this isn't a, you know, because we hear it a lot. Well, come on, you get emotional at football games, so why don't you get emotional for Jesus? That's, that's not the heart kind of thing. But why don't we? Why can't we allow ourselves to be expressive and let ourselves go and just abandon ourselves to the King of Kings? And thank Him for what He's done for us. Not only is it okay, but He tells us in His Word to do it. That it's, that this is, matter of fact, we can even say the Lord commands us to do certain things. And so emotions has a bad rap, to, so, so to speak, because we think, well, if you're being, that's emotional, that's not God, that's emotions. Well, God's the one that gave us the emotions. And He says, you can use these emotions to express your gratefulness and your heart of worship to me. He gives us permission to do that. Amen? A couple more verses. Um, and uh, Psalm 84.2, it says, My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. So just picture what that looks like. You know, I just don't picture that a quiet thing. I know when I cry out, it's not quiet. You know, I'm just kind of a, can be emotional and get excited or, you know, crying out for God. Psalms 111, verse 1, it says, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart and the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. So he's not talking about home behind closed doors there, is he? <laughs> he's talking in front of all y'all, I will praise God with my whole heart. And, uh, you know, I'm praising God his way, not our way. And a lot of times, you know, our, our pride gets involved. And I can say that because my pride has gotten involved many times. <laughs> so it's not like I'm saying, oh, you're bad. Bad you because you're prideful. No, because I've been prideful a lot. <laughs> you know, and that's not the message at all. But sometimes that comes in and we get more concerned about others and what they're going to think or my wife or my husband and not what God is drawing me into. You know, this love relationship that he's pulling us into. Um, when CJ and I got married, it was a non-emotional day where we just stood very solemnly, you know, and got married, expressing our love to each other. Okay, that was good. Let's go home. You know, it was an emotional day. You know, it's the, the pouring into the heart, you know, and there's the coming together. And you think, oh, Lisa, don't talk about that. Well, come on. With Jesus, he wants to encounter us and embrace us and pour his love out on us, you know. I mean, he wants because he's a real God. He's real. He's not like fake, like some like Bible story, you know, story. Okay, you know, like yeah, that was a good a good thing. Okay, yeah. Um, and, and you hear people, I need to get back in church. You know, no, you need the love of Jesus. <laughs> you need to encounter the love of God, and that and, and that is that's kind of kind of our hearts right there, um, just encountering him with his love. You know, one thing I want to um, encourage you guys, men, that worship gets a bad rap because, you know, it seems feminine or it's not for men or a real man. 
or for whatever, whatever thoughts we have. And, and so we as men feel like we have the right to hold back because women are emotional, children are emotional, but that's not the right thing to do. And, you know, that's sissy type stuff or that's for women, that, that kind of thing. But I just want to encourage you men that one of the most powerful men in the Bible, one of the most fierce warriors that can kick all kinds of butt and did, he was a man after God's own heart and he worshipped like nobody else's business. You know, the other day I was reading in, in the Chronicles and, and about David's mighty men. And, and he had some bad dude. You know, these movies don't do anything. You know, and that's all fictitious and stuff. And I'm sure that over history there were some, some really bad guys. What I mean bad. Okay, good, strong, powerful. You guys know what I mean, right? That can kick some major butt. They, they can fight. But if you look at David's mighty men, there's guys in there that, that could fight hundreds. That would, that would do all these amazing feats. And yet... They were submitted to this man, this king. And I was thinking, if these guys were bad to the bone and they're submitted to David, he must have really been bad. You know what I mean? I mean, he, you know, they, they, the ladies were saying, you know, Saul killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. David was a mighty, mighty, mighty man. He wasn't a wimp in any way, shape, or form. And yet, with all his strength and might, he knew how to turn his affection towards God. And so actually, that t-shirt you might see with a bumper sticker that says, Real Men Worship God. Real men worship God. Because a coward is going to not worship him because of what other people thinks. In other words, he's given himself to the fear of man instead of being able to express his honor and love for the king. So men, don't let the devil rip you off thinking, oh, that's, that's women's stuff. That's girl and, and childish stuff. But if you want to be a real man, then you need to stand there dignified. You know. And, and one thing, too. This is not, even though we, we are invited to outwardly express, you can outwardly express and still not be worshiping God. But I mean, you can be raising your hands, you can be clapping, you can be singing the loudest, louder than everybody, and still not be worshiping God. It cannot be, you, you can do that and not have it come from your heart. Or you can be standing there stone cold from the outside and be tearing it up for God. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm trying not to do, trying to walk this balance, I'm trying not to say, only if you're outwardly expressing are you worshiping God. But I want you to know that you can be free, invited, an invitation from God's word, you can be free to express, express it all for him. And so we're not going to be looking at you and you're standing there and you're not raising your hands or whatever and say, aha, you're not worshiping God, you're not worshiping God. Because it's not for us to judge and we don't want to get into that. But I, we want to encourage you that this is something that God is inviting us to do. It's very important. It's very powerful. And it will make a difference not only in your life but in the atmosphere around you. And so know that you're free to engage God in this way. And I, should, I want to share one experience. Um, the, the times when I've really experienced or encountered God. Other than in a, in a corporate sense, you know, being by myself. Remember one time, and you, could, you know, because how you can just worship and, and go to a certain level of expression. But I remember I said, all right, God, I'm, I'm tired of holding back. I'm, 
It's like I was setting up an appointment with God. I said, I'm coming after you. And I remember I went downstairs, and it was early in the morning, so nobody was here. And I just began to worship God. I just began to crowd him. I had some things on my heart, and I just began to let it go to him. And I was expressing. And all of a sudden, this emotion began to overwhelm me, and I was crying and, and screaming and calling out to God. And just, but all of a sudden, it's like he just showed up. Bang! And I encountered him like I never had before. And it was awesome. And the most frustrating part about that time was when I had to go because I had an appointment afterwards. But there's probably a good couple of hours just in his presence. I didn't want to leave, but I had to because of another commitment. And I left. I mean, it's just like, wow, that was awesome. And I left. And, and Dana Chase used to, used to work here in the office. And, and she saw that I came up. So she went downstairs just to spend some time with God. She told me this later. And she said, are you wearing any kind of a cologne or anything? It's like, no, just my deodorant. You know, didn't have any special cologne on. She said, when I walked in the room where she knew where I had spent, she goes, there was just this wonderful a fragrance. She goes, well, I know you must have had an awesome encounter with God. And I didn't notice the fragrance. But the point is, is when we learn and we let ourselves go and worship to him, all by yourself, it's not a show for anybody else except for him, just getting with him, you'll be amazed at what he will and can do in your lives. Just one quick um, testimony, too, I want to share is um, um, our son Grant, he's in the hospital January, February, in and out, three different hospitals. You know, it was a real tough time for us because we didn't know what was going on in his body. There's a lot of things going on, and I'm really learning that. At that time, he was a real sick puppy, I'm telling you. He was just really, really sick. Um, and um, and I was by myself, and especially when we got over to OU Children's Hospital, where he's at right now. Um, CJ, I wanted him to be free to go and work, because that's when you know, we're first set in as pastors, senior pastors. And I wanted to free CJ to go do what he needed to do. And I was, I, I was, I was there, and I was okay, you know. Um, so why were you okay? Because you shoved your emotions? No, because I let them out to the Lord. And we had a little MP3 um, player with some wor- some worship that really helped me, you know, and just because he would sleep. Sometimes he'd be up to 12 or 1 just in, you know, agonizing pain, and then he'd be out until like 11 or 12 the next morning. So I always got up with the doctors and visited and this and that. Um, and so it was an awesome time, and I had my earphones in, and I would just, when he'd sleep, I could leave the room because when he was awake, he was kind of afraid because he didn't know if he was going to throw up or it just comforted him, me being there when he was something was happening and he had a, a major outburst or thing of pain. And so I would just go. There's a little hallway family room in there, and, and I would just walk around, and I would just sing and listen to it and just let the worship flow over me and, and just thank God for working, you know, and in the situation and, you know, of course, praying and everything. And um, we went to a conference a few months earlier um, out at um, Redding, California, Bethel. And they sang a song that hadn't been on DVD yet. And, and that song, it just, you know, have you ever heard a song? And just some of the phrases just like burn into your soul. And you just hear it over and over and over. And, and the this, this song, it was so, so burning. And, and the words that I could remember is, my hope is in you, God. My hope is in you. I am steadfast. I will not be changed. My hope is in you. That's all I could remember. And so I would go, and I could even remember this, the, the, 
the, the tune, and I would be singing and, and declaring, God, my hope's in you. My hope's in you. It's not these doctors, because they don't know what they're doing, but my hope's in you, and I'm steadfast, and I'm and not changing, because my hope's in you. And, and that song, you know, I was just singing and declaring and declaring, and, and it just burned inside of me, you know, because God was my hope. You know, anyone who tells me that there's a situation that's hopeless is just a lie from the devil. There is no situation that's hopeless. None. God is able and God is mighty to deliver and to bring forth what he needs to be brought forth. So no matter what situation, there is hope in God. And I just stood and I just put my hope in God. And I put everything I had those mornings in God, you know, because he was the one who was going to come through, you know. And just you're just waiting for every doctor to come because you, you don't want to miss it in case what they say. But you're still pressing in and pressing through to God. The, 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 the song recently came out on DVD um, on the name of that. Be Lifted High. Thank you. And, yeah, it's out in the hallway. Um, and um, as I we got that, and I, I wanted that so bad because I wanted to hear that song. What was I singing? You know, what was I singing? And if you listen to the words in that song, I thought, Lord, this is... That was a prophetic thing. I mean, that was something that came forth my, from God. As my hope is in you, God. I am steadfast. I will not be moved. I am anchored, never shaken. My hope is in you. And for that time, I needed something that I could stand on. And Christ was there for me to stand on in his word and his promises and his presence. And that carried me through. So now when Grant goes back into the hospital. You think, oh, no, it's happening again. I had this thing inside, like, no, this is not the same thing. There is something different. It could be connected, but it's something different. And I knew that. And as we're going through and they're doing a test, and it's easy, you know, especially for a, a young young man, to teen to, to go, oh, I'm sick. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to, you know, all these things come back. And I'm like, no, you're not. And be able to step into that place and say, in the name of Jesus, you will hold this liquid down. You will be able to. And we're not going to see this again. Okay. And then something else would happen and have to turn the TV off. Okay, Grant, focus on me. But I don't feel good. We're not going to talk about the negative. We're not going to complain. We're not going to gripe. We're going to put the worship on and we're going to worship God and we're going to get his perspective. About a few 30 minutes later, he's like, Mom, I'm going home. I'm going to be, and he just started confessing these things. And at first I thought, okay, Grant, let's not really stretch things and go, you know, you you hear the, I'm not going to throw up. I'm not going to throw up. You know, those things. (laughs) But no, he, and at first I was like, okay, but I just backed off and let him talk, you know. And he's like, I'm feeling better. I'm going to hold food down. This is not a problem, Mom. We're going to go home. I'm feeling better. There's nothing wrong. And, and then he goes, Mom, let's go for a walk. We're going to get up and we're going to walk. So, okay, let's go for a walk. Started walking, different things in his body, you know, started functioning and working and stuff. And, and, and then anyways, we got wet down and different things came back up. He was, I don't know how many meals he ate last night. He ate like almost three different meals. He's like, Mom, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And they let him eat. And I said, let's just wait. Let's let this digest. Okay, but I'm hungry. Okay, so let's just chill out. So I waited a little bit. Can I order now, Mom? And it can take 30 minutes to get your food. Okay. And I, I, I was very, I was careful because he just wanted macaroni and cheese and pizza. I'm like, no, let's do a little, a little something nicer. And so, you know, let's hold, hold some good food down first. 
And then so he, you know, accepted that, and then he got something else, and, and he held that down, and it was 15 minutes before the, everything else closed. He's like, Mom, can I have some, you know, cake and some ice cream? You know, and your first thought was like, oh, no way. And I'm thinking, well, let's see. Let's order it, and let's just see. He held everything down. That kid did not stop eating. And took him off the IVs, took him off all the monitors so he could get up and down freely. Um, and he would have went home last night, but there was no doctors there. And, um, and there was a test they wanted to read anyway. So in case my phone rings and I answer it, that's why. But I'm just saying, we serve a mighty God. And as we even press through things in praise and worship and we give, we give our innermost to God. We give it. Give it all to him. You know, give us the innermost part of us and surrender that. God just works. God works mighty. No Thursday. You know, Thursday night, Grant and Joseph come home from youth group, and then they eat dinner. Everything's cool. We're having a good time. And all of a sudden, Grant runs to the restroom and just starts throwing up. And, and the pain and, and that excruciating pain, I mean, doubled over. And, and you're just trying to discern what it is. And, of course, you hear, here we go again, here we go again. It's going to be just like last time. And, of course, no, I'm not going to listen to that. But the pain kept getting more and more intense. We're praying for him, that kind of thing. And, and so I looked at Lisa and said, I need to take him in. So... Here I am in the emergency room late at night, overnight, and that kind of thing. And then the, the frustration and the fear and all that kind of stuff wants to overwhelm you. And this is why we need to learn how to fight, brothers and sisters. Because there's a difference between being overwhelmed and overtaken by the enemy or fear or whatever it is trying to come against us. But us standing up and saying, no, no, we're not going to do this again. And I had my... Uh, little iPod MP3 player, and I popped on the worship, and, you know, Grant's sleep, and this was a couple nights ago, and I just began to worship, invite God's presence into that place, and the whole atmosphere was different. And we knew, we knew, no, we're not going to do this again. This is not going to be allowed to happen to our son again. And I know many saints, we had work praying with us. Those of you who knew what was going on were praying with us, and, and I, I believe that because we had breakthrough last time, you know, we had a powerful, wonderful breakthrough. It was easy just to walk in that breakthrough again. But we had a choice. And see, Lisa could have, she's the one that had to deal with, I mean, of course, Grant is the one going through all this kind of stuff. But as far as from an observer, Lisa had to sit through. She was there at the hospital over a month and sitting there with him. And that was a rough time. And she could have, oh, no, we've got to do this again. But it's like, no. Time for an atmospheric change. Father, I need you. We invite him to come into a hospital room or to your bedroom or to your office place or wherever you're at. We need to learn to engage him. And he's waiting right there. He's saying, want me to show up? Want me to come? No, thanks, God. I'm too busy worrying. I'm too busy giving into the fear and the, and the anxiety and the doubt and unbelief. I don't have time for you right now. Maybe on Sunday I'll hook up with you. And too often we do that. And we need to learn to engage him 24-7. Amen. Stand which is, with me. Which is one of the great things we're going to learn in the women's conference. Just a little plug Ooh. there. We're gonna, we want Ooh. some atmospheric changes in our lives. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand with us.